Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome, everybody, back to the PHLY Sixers podcast. Joined once again by Kyle Newbeck. How are you doing, Kyle? Damn, I thought you were going to no, do the I, like I and subscribe two shows in a row. Too much to hope for. But happy Friday, everybody. Thank you for being here, obviously, if you're here with us. Derek and I are so grateful you somehow chose to spend five days of your five during the week with us. That's uh, pretty amazing. If you're here, obviously hit that subscribe button. Give us a nice thumbs up, and I can already see that the uh, Dame Lillard Nation is joining us in the chat. And uh, Derek, I think it's regardless of where we both sit here, I think probably fair to characterize it as a wild week of Dame Lillard trade rumors, what's out there, what's maybe not out there, what you're trying to piece together, get through. It's just, you know, I feel like every hour a couple hours i'm hearing something new that sounds insane or maybe completely rational yeah um i think there was a lot of talk yesterday a very significant talk about maybe this damien lillard situation being sort of completed by the time training camp rolls around certainly nobody giving a guarantee but that there were talks to make that happen maybe the most prominent john gambadoro he is a radio host at 98.7 fm in phoenix Basically saying, and, and this was while he was talking about a potential Aiton uh, swap for, for Nurkic, but saying that this would be contingent on a Lillard trade and that he expects that trade to happen very soon. Uh, there was also Danny Morang, who says that there are discussions about uh, trade um, underway, about a trade that could be completed by training camp. So, and some other things, uh, other people sort of jumping on that bandwagon. I think those are most two most prominent, but it's certainly a, a sentiment that is out there. I see Jacob in the comments saying, I'm not sure anything about this offseason counts as completely rational. Not I think that's 100%. maybe the savviest comment 100%. that's been made in the stream no, that, that's fair. since we started. So that's that's completely fair. Uh, to Derek's point, though, I mean, the, the rumors that this is heating up are coming from people that I think, you know, Gambo, I think he gets referred to as a radio guy. And often that's he's got a good track record on the Suns. He has a very good yep. Phoenix Suns track record. And so if he's saying, you know, there's some smoke building and this might happen with Phoenix, I always tend to give him lend that some credence. I think that's, you know, he's 
he knows what's going on there. And so you hear that from him. Obviously, there was the Zach Levine stuff that I reported on the show earlier in the week that I got the, the windy, don't aggregate me, but not quite as angry as windy tends to get with that stuff. And there's just, I guess the big question that was the headline of our show, Derek, is do you think all this focus on Dame has it applies to James Harden with the Sixers, but is it putting the rest of the market in a state of paralysis until that domino falls? I think it certainly has an impact. And I think that's true whether or not the Sixers are involved in these trade discussions, either directly or as a third or fourth team. But I think it's true just in the market in general. Like I think teams naturally focus on the biggest fish out in the sea. And while that's still on the board, they're not going to reveal their best hand for the second or third biggest trade trip that might be out there. But on the other hand, I also think James has been mercurial enough and has such a narrow um, base of teams that will have an interest in him that I'm not sure it's going to like, I'm not sure if the Dame trade does happen, that all of a sudden the floodgates are going to open and James Harden, you're going to get good. I don't want to present it as that, but certainly while Dame is on the market, I think it, it, how can it not have an impact? We have Pete Finney Chase in the comments saying that he's going to tell people that I said Clippers, Blazers, Sixers, three-team trade, and now I quite literally said that on a microphone. I, I will say this. There was some, I, don't, I wouldn't call it speculation, there was some smoke out there today regarding Dame to the Sixers and that maybe the Sixers' involvement in this process has been underplayed. I wouldn't go quite that far yet. I know, here's what I can tell you that I know for sure. I know that the Sixers have certainly talked to the Blazers about Dame at different points throughout this offseason, but that's also, I'd say to you guys all the time, talking to someone and saying, hey, we would like Dame Lillard on our basketball team is not, we're putting together a credible trade package for Dame Lillard. Those are two very distinct ideas. I think the Sixers have also made clear throughout this offseason that you know, Tyrese Maxey is their guy, that they're, the message they've sent to a lot of people is that they're basically not trading him for anything. Now, Derek, I think you What's can probably... A, we can do the, the windy thing. Yeah. If, if Giannis, they called about Giannis, yeah, right. he's not if available. They about Giannis, Michael Jordan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and look, we can sit here and exaggerate and say they're not going to trade Why is Wendy catching so many strays? I love Wendy. Wendy's the best. I love him too. He's, he's great. He's very nice to us. He's very... Great reporter, loves great guy. Yep. Yeah, all that yep. stuff. So let's be clear on that front. But he's pretty memeable, if we're being honest. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, point being, I think the Sixers would tell you Tyrese is our guy, right. and they're... They're not even humoring the idea of if Dame is the Dame rumors out there. It's not like, oh, we're we're humoring that. They shoot that down immediately. And everybody with two functioning brain cells knows the only way the Sixers could get Dame is by including Maxi. The Sixers have to downplay any talks out of hand. Yeah, that's just sort of how it goes. So where the truth actually falls on this stuff, we're only going to know essentially as a trade breaks here. I think what I've heard from people out of Portland is, and Portland-based reporters have certainly told you this themselves, is that it seems like Joe Cronin really doesn't want to trade Dame to Miami. That the Organizationally, yeah. Portland is saying they don't want to capitulate to the one-team or bust mentality. And look, if Miami were to make a more compelling offer, if they're putting more stuff on the table and they're getting them to a place where Portland feels more comfortable with that, then okay. I think where 
The Blazers. Not been asking about Zach Levine. We devoted almost a whole podcast. We to did that, talk a lot about Zach days. Levine yeah. this week. I can only talk so much about Zach Levine. So come on, hit that. Now that's a guy who needed to hit that subscribe button because yeah, he did not exactly. To the come on, podcast. not Ben. We need you to get in the boat and listen to all the shows and not just the Friday shows. But anyway, so I. The point being, I think everything that's out there suggests that Portland does not want to do the Miami deal. That they're essentially holding out because they don't think that that Miami deal is good enough. And so that's given opportunities to a team like Toronto, who there's been some buzz about them this week, team like Chicago, who the reporting is there from yours truly. Certainly Derek has heard some of the same stuff I have. And it's just kind of this Wild West, like standoff right now. Everyone's got guns pointed at each other, and they're saying who's going to throw in that extra pick or yep. that extra young player. And again, I think Portland's position here for having a disgruntled star is fairly strong because one, I think they know that Dame is not going to actually be a malcontent. I think that he would probably be, if you're talking about a star player in this situation, he's probably the best guy to have there. Right. But also if Dame didn't show up, Day one, or says I'm not playing. Who cares? They're gonna tank, and they want draft picks. And hey, look at that! Not Ben says I just subscribed. Derek just pitched him on a a case of cyberbullying being working in our favor. That is proper hosting right there. So thank you to Not Ben. But yeah, so I think Portland is in the certainly in the driver's seat right now. And until somebody like let's say the Sixers woke up one day and said, Hey, Tyrese is available, and we can flip him for. X, Y, Z, this many picks in some of you. Then maybe it becomes a, a more urgent situation. But until then, this is just going to keep going and going and around and around we go. Yeah, I agree. And look, I guess going back to sort of like the whole damn thing, I, like you said, they, the Sixers will deny that Tyrese Maxey is available to, for anyone in the trade. Anyone. Is he? I don't know. I know what they want us to believe. I know that they have to had Tyrese Maxey believe that, and it might even be true. I think where I would say on that is I don't know, and I think they're going to be very, if, 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 and if you're going to aggregate this, I'm saying if any team ever did believe that Tyrese Maxey was going to be available, the Sixers have to deny it. It's just where you stand in terms of trying to keep a player happy, especially one who is represented by Rich Paul coming in the final year of contract, has been told he's not having his, his, his contract extended right now. It's a, like you said the other day, it's a very tight line to walk. And so my position is I know what they're saying. I know the messaging they want around that. And that may or may not be true. I honestly don't know. And I think the best thing I can do in my situation is not pretend that I know because really only Daryl Morey, maybe a select few people within the organization, truly know. My guess, and it's just a guess, I think he would prefer to have Harden and Maxi over Dame, but what happens if you get to a point where that isn't a realistic outcome? Does that change? I truthfully don't know. It's an interesting thought experiment. Right now, it will be a thought experiment up until a Dame trade actually happens. Yeah, I agree. And look, I think the signals have been sent by the organization saying that the best case scenario for them right now is to get James Harden happy, get everybody back on board, and and go from there for the season. There's just not really... Maybe you could make up a fake scenario where Joe Cronin gets a concussion and says, we'll trade you Dame for nothing. But in all realistic, reasonable scenarios, we're talking about the best path forward is not run it back because they'd switched a lot of role players in and out, but to go forward with the roster they have, 
James Harden is happy. James Harden kind of gets on board and says, I like these guys. I believe in what Nick Nurse is selling. And you kind of go from there. But I, I suspect that that doesn't, that's not going to be a popular plan with the fan base because it, and this is true, nothing will have changed. And they'll be moving forward in a scenario where no one really has extra belief or something coming in from out of nowhere that's like okay now this is propelling them past but round two and so do you I think uh, do you think that's what happened with the wolves last year they got a concussion right before the go bear trade well I, I don't know what happened with the rudy go bear trade because they essentially broke the trade market for everybody and i've been thinking about that a lot as we you know we talk about the new cba and the ramifications of that rudy go bear essentially was traded for a franchise's complete draft future right and a young player too and a Real young, good player young player who's a very good one and so once you do that you look at somebody like a a dame lillard or a joel Embiid in a scenario where he were to get traded there's you don't even have enough to trade for the guy if you're if you're saying that trade needs to be the joel equivalent of the gobert trade you just can't do it so yep. it's the market in general is broken, and I'm not sure how you fix it exactly, but I don't think the Dame trade is going to solve that. Absolutely. So is it time for our first break? You think? I believe it is. Yeah, let's uh, talk about our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. I hope I nailed the disclaimer just like I did yesterday. i got to tell you guys, we're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook keeping us in on the NFL action. Great offers every single game day. New customers bet $5.00. Get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. I hope you guys are betting on the Eagles this week because, you know, we all support the birds around these part. But even if you aren't, DraftKings is not stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. And football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now. Sign up with code PHLY. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Really you know, in a groove over here. You know who's going to need to do real good at that? The Wolves, when they're paying Rudy Gobert $44 uh, they, million. They need, to, they need to know all those eligibility and deposit <laughs> restrictions, I think, because they got to make that money back not, somehow. Not only do they give up a real good young player in Kessler, not only do they give up all those draft picks, but forty the right to pay him $44 million crazy, next year to man. put next to Towns. And I was not a, I'm not a Rudy Gobert fan as a, you know, a, a general As like a role. 15, 20 million per game guy in a limited offensive role, sure, he can impact winning. Papa not, says more disclaimers than my mortgage. Listen, man, we got a lot of a lot of people listening in a lot of places, so all those different different sports gambling rules apply differently in Kansas and Ontario and here in our great state of Pennsylvania. So got to get them all in Got to get them in there. All right, sort of the other trade 
discussion that's going on, a lot of conversation about Buddy Heald, as we talked about the other day. And recently, uh, just yesterday, Sham Sharani reported that Heald would be someone who would fit, and he's mentioned Dallas, Philly, and Milwaukee. Um, mentioned that they could definitely use a shooter like that, and then mentioned that there were, had a level of interest in him this offseason. So I think we have sort of heard a little chatter in that regard. What are you hearing about Buddy? Yeah, so I think what has been out there on the Sixers' end on Buddy is, I don't want to say it's thanks, but no thanks, but I think they sort of believe, as you and I talked about on the show, I wrote about Friday morning that the trade packages one way or the other for Buddy just don't really work and fit with their plans. I think Buddy as a, a concept, as a player, as a, you know, you just plug him into a role, makes sense in Philadelphia as we got into the other day. Nope. But you factor in the contract, you factor in what Philadelphia would have to send the other way. And, or if, you know, if it is a Tobias-based trade, for example, I think the contracts and the you know, extra bit of long-term money that would come to Philly as a result. I think for that reason, the Sixers are, we'll say it, throwing cold water on the idea of Buddy Heald. Now, that doesn't mean it's impossible. I think it all, really to me, the swing factor here is, is Buddy okay being an expiring guy? Or does he really want to get to, does him and his representation want to get him to a place where, He's signing that extension, and he's with that team moving forward. If he's okay with this being kind of a prove-it year and a – look, the Sixers are the prove-it team. Essentially, it's all expiring contracts, whether it's guys who have been here long-term or signing one-year deals. I think he could find a home here, but it just doesn't sound that likely to me where we sit right now. Yeah, and certainly I've had uh, similar conversations to you where it sounds like nothing imminent, nothing really significant at this time. Does that mean there's no interest? I'm not sure I'd say there's no interest, but I think what I would say, I, I think it might I be more low interest interesting. low probably be. Yeah. And I think it might be more interesting if you get to the point where, all right, that extension is out the window and he has to live with the fact that he's on expiring. If the trade doesn't happen anytime soon, could that then pick up in December in some time after the season starts? That might be a little more interesting, but certainly I don't think, uh, for the reasons you stated, I just don't think they're going to want to commit the money that he would want for next year. And I truthfully don't know how much interest they even have in him. So I don't think, you know, I think that might be overstated a little bit by some of the reports. Um, but I think there was a little bit of connecting the dots. Like, all right, he's on the market. Six could use a shooter. Movement shooters obviously work around Joel. Yeah. We'll see. But no, I don't, I don't, I don't think anything imminent for sure. Well, and you know how the game goes too. Like an agent, agents are involved in this sort of framing, right? When their guy wants out of somewhere, they can look at a, roster on basketball reference the same way you and I could and say, oh, it looks like they don't have many shooters. I think that's a team that might have some interest. And you play some games of telephone with various reporters and people in the media, and all of a sudden it's, hey, the Sixers or the Mavericks or the Bucks or right. whoever else might have interest. Now, that's, again, that's not to say that there's not actual theoretical interest. I mean, there's right now there's two sides that would want to overstate any team's interest, not just the Sixers. Uh, Pacers and Buddy Heald's representation would Correct. want to overstate as many teams as they can to get the ball rolling. Again, does that mean that they there's no chance? I wouldn't say that. I just don't know. I, I don't think there's anything close. It's just all I was saying. So circling back to Dame and Harden a little bit, we did have a question a little further up. I believe it was uh, if Miami strikes out on 
There it is from Brennan. If Miami strikes out on Dame, could they go after Harden? <sighs> that would be entertaining, wouldn't it? It would be entertaining. Can you imagine Jimmy and, and Harden? No, so that's what I was going to say. To me, the biggest problem with that theoretical, look, Pat Riley loves big name, big time players. James Harden, for whatever his weaknesses are, still qualifies as that. I think the issue there is that Jimmy and James Harden are basically oil and water. I will wear shorts in November if it's nice enough to wear shorts. <laughs> don't, Derek, don't worry look, about that. I respect Derek showing off his legs on the podcast. Mine are uh, a little paler than his. And I honestly, believe, part from... of it, I looked at the at the at the <laughs> forecast. It's supposed to be in like the mid sixties and raining for the next week. So like, I had to do it today. Derek, you wear whatever the heck. Well, okay, I won't say that. Within reason, wear whatever the hell you want on this set, and and that's fine with me. Whether our our wonderful, beautiful viewers. It at is home. weird though. Like I have to wear pants now podcasting. I never had to do that before. So it's, a, it's yeah. an adjustment. It's an yeah. adjustment. All right, go ahead. So back to Jimmy and James. I think Jimmy and James is a potentially just yeah. destructive combo in terms of the personality clash. I think Jimmy is a no nonsense always on switch flipped on type of guy and by and the way like might he play that up for reporters or the sure. camera sure but it's also real like that's a real part of his personality yes for he sure. is a guy behind the scenes that is a lot to deal with and sometimes that's a good thing right like he he does work really hard mm -hmm. but there's also the part of it that's like this guy doesn't shut the hell up yeah. sometimes yeah and that can you can imagine podcasting with him? Oh, oh he'd be uns God. insufferable. He'd be worse than you. But, I mean, he would be working <laughs> hard. He would just, you know. So, yeah, I think that's problem number one. Problem number two is that Rich likes to say this. The Heat essentially run their franchise like the military. Yeah. They're closer to like being in the Army than they are most basketball teams in the way that they hit conditioning and just breaking people down to the simplest level and building them back up. Now, clearly, that's borne out some great results for them, right? They've exceeded expectations in the playoffs time and time again. It is funny. We spent so many years, like, making fun of heat culture as a concept, and then they overperform every it's, playoff. Listen, I, I have to submit myself <laughs> to heat culture, I suppose. But I think the problem is James is not the sort of guy no. that I can see buying into the all-encompassing heat culture in that way. James has a pretty clear pattern where he embraces a star, a co-star, everything is great, I'm bought in, and then flicks and it, it's he's out pretty quickly. He would be out of Jimmy Butler and Miami and, and Spo in, I feel like, a week and a half. Like, it would be an all-time record. And it seems like each iteration gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And this, I just, I can't. And I can't imagine Spo and but and Jimmy and, and, and Riley just being like, yes, this guy we want to bet on. And it, it might end up being like, you know, Lowry is clearly not what they were. They don't have any depth. Correct. They might, I guess it's not impossible that they would be like, well, you got to try something. Because I think they're clearly a worse team than they were last year. I would just be stunned if this is the game. Well, and part of why they're a worse team than last year is because they've been waiting. Yeah. Essentially, they've treated Dame coming to Miami as if it's set in stone. And maybe they're right to act that way. I mean, certainly Dame and his people want them to believe that. I, we're getting some wild comments today. Well, saying. I just I saw a mention of, of uh, Austin. The people are roasting Austin Krell for his terrible food takes. We've got people calling people nerds. I don't know what's <laughs> going on here. Talking about Bodner's shorts. This is a true Friday show. Uh, we did have a comment. Where was it? It was something. Oh, somebody. It was Kenneth called 
Dame slightly overrated or was I don't understand the Dame hype shooting 32 to 37 percent three-point range every year here's what I would say to that his 37 percent is not P.J. Tucker's 37%. He's an elite shooter at 37%. It is not a guy who's standing in the corner and doing nothing other than I'm going to take one catch-and-shoot three a half or maybe even a game in some circumstances. This is a player who bends the floor because teams are not comfortable leaving him open from 35 feet away from the basket on a pull-up shot. And look, you're going to have lower percentages on those shots, right? You're not going to hit pull up threes from 30 feet at a 40% clip. But because teams believe that he can, you know, get into that stratosphere and once Dame gets hot is borderline unguardable, that opens up so much space in the middle of the floor. And if you think about what that would do for Joel Embiid, even if like if a team has to tag him and double him on an entry pass, then you're getting a wide open three for PJ. You're getting a wide open three for Tyrese Maxey, whoever it is. And so I don't, I don't think Dame is overrated offensively at all. If anything, I think there have been times when he's been underrated Absolutely. because of, the stats do not tell the whole story there. And even just that one right there, like over the past eight years, Dame shot 37.4% from three on 9.1 attempts per game. He's had six of his last eight seasons, he has shot over 37%. So that variability that they were referencing, it's really not. It was one year where he shot 32% because he was injured for most of the year. He, Other than that, he's been a back of the baseball. Like, he's been very consistent in terms of his shooting, especially for a guy who's taking it at that volume and at that degree of difficulty. When you have somebody, I mean, we see it with Tyrese. When you have somebody where every time they go, they set a screen for him, you're terrified. That puts a lot of pressure on a defense. These are not catch-and-shoot threes. These are much tougher. Uh, I think I think if you're underrating Dame as a offensive player, I think you're making a big mistake. What I would say is the concern is he's being paid a lot of money. He's 33 years old, and he has had some injury history in the past. So you could say, look, you might have one or two years of elite Dame left, and then you're going to have a really bad contract or yeah. injured player. I get those concerns a lot, not the offensive ones. He's an elite offensive For player. For sure. And Miles alluded to the fact that he believes he's overrated in the playoffs specifically. And look, I think what you would say there is that the, diff the degree of difficulty for a small guard in the playoffs is really high, right? We've mm -hmm. seen it with Tyrese against a team like Boston really struggles to beat physical pressure defense. And in the playoffs, when guys can get up on you more, when the officials let more contact go, I can absolutely buy that Dame is going to struggle more than, you know, the average superstar guard, we'll say. But look, you might win 58, 60 games in a, you know, high high variance outcome for, you know, Joel and Dame together. Or if you put Dame with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, instead of having to fight their way out of the home court advantage with Milwaukee and all these other teams, they might be the number one seed in the East and they might get to cakewalk to the conference finals and not have to, you know, yeah. play without home court the entire time. And That's look, a big deal. He's had some really good playoff runs too. For sure. Like I think his play like there big are a bit playoff moments. single games, maybe a series here or there, but like it's not like something I really don't want to pick on him. It's not like something like Joel right now where, like, you don't have a real crowning moment to turn yes. to. He's had some really good runs. He can do it. He has done it. I, I think he's fantastic. I, don't I, I do, too. All right. Let's take, a, we'll take another quick break to talk about our friends at game time. At least maybe my friend, Derek, hasn't talked about I don't our have friends, friends at game time. 
That's oh, not true. We're not when, friends? You, when you weren't here for two days, I did the game time. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Well, you know, when Derek and I want to go see a, a Broadway show together or go to a Phillies game or one of the many events that you feel stress over trying to get tickets for, the game time app is always there for you. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for any of the events you might want to go to. Killer deals, best price guarantee. I mean, it's it's really unbelievable, but I can believe it because I've seen the deals myself and been able to go to some recent Phillies games as a result of that. I think it's, look, it's the place for last minute deals. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for good reason. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you get there. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. And look, that's a, a really great thing. I've been to some, you go down to a tailgate for an Eagles game, then maybe you don't expect you're going to the game. You can pull up the game time app and say, hey, look, there are some cheap tickets for today. Maybe I can get in there and make a whole day out of it. And those tickets get sent directly to your phone, never have to dig through your email. So you can snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So it seems like, I mean, we're really on Dame Island here today. It looks like, oh, that's really nice of Phillies 0708. says, we'll be your friend, Derek. That's, see, you're already adding some friends just by having the people here in the comments with us, Derek. That's a really nice thing. You're one of one. I appreciate you. What a community we're building here. So you got any more thoughts on Dame? Because we are... I just kind of want I, I, to... Going back to sort of like how you started the podcast, I would like for this to be resolved just so we can have some certainty going into the NBA season so we can have some certainty of what to talk about so we can just sort of like move forward. I do like these sort of... At least last year with Durant, they just said, all right, we're done. Like, we'll revisit this at the deadline, but we're done. Kevin Durant came back. We had a, a little bit of a resolution coming into camp. You knew what to talk about like you knew you knew how to plan these are the teams this yeah. is what the eastern conference looks imagine like imagine being like a schedule maker in the nba you don't know if if how the sixers or the clippers are going to look in six months like it's got to be real tough well will is asking for an austin krell appearance on an episode we might have to have him in here in the studio just to make fun of all his we can make a list of all his terrible food takes and and go one by one, <laughs> and just from butter noodles to the chipotle cheese quesadilla. To now, they do let us go over an hour on these shows. Look at this. The people want Krell. We have Luca. We want Krell for an I episode. I don't think you guys really mean that. Or at least after <laughs> the show, you won't have meant that. Um, we can have Austin on yeah, We'll, we'll, we'll talk it that. over yeah. with, uh, with production. We'll see what they say. But uh, who knows? Well, so here's what I would say. We'll see if we can put a bow on the, the Dame specific conversation. I think if you're saying maybe the Sixers get in at some point and it's a last minute, hey, he's still out there. Let's just kick the tires and, and see what happens. The sales pitch is that he will do all the end game stuff that is hard for Joel to do, yeah. right? And it's very easy as we've seen in the playoffs over the years for a team to simply deny Joel the ball hard double him on the catch, so on and so forth. You can hard double Dame as he crosses half court, but then you're playing four on three yeah. and you have the rim in front of you. And especially since Sixers have so many good quick decision makers, they can take it 
All right, never mind. Oh, wow, okay. You're really putting the, the... I mean, that's not a, that's not a, a comment on Dame I'm trying to, It's fit. Friday, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. You're in shorts and a T-shirt over here. We're trying to have a little fun over here. Let people dream a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think all I'm getting at is that Dame is the guy that they need to bridge that... Look, Joel can win you a ton of games in the regular season, and the way he plays in the regular season that there's, a, there's proof of concept for it, right? Yep. What we haven't seen is the ability for him to do that in the playoffs. And part of that is just it's inherently hard to win that way with the way teams are able to defend him come playoff time. And so if you whether it's acquiring somebody like Dame, if it's Maxi making that leap, which, look, there is a pretty big gulf, as much as I love Tyrese, between him and Dame mm -hmm. right now. I think the shooting gap is not as big as I would have believed it could be a few years ago, but in terms of the playmaking and all the other stuff and just the pull-up confidence, that stuff would have to come a, a yeah. reasonably far away for him to get there. But that, that's the difference. I, I just think the more you see Joel in the playoffs, the harder it is to believe he can be just like the true 1A alpha offensively yeah. on a contending team. If you were ranking like the top five players, top five perimeter players, who you would pair next to Joel Embiid for the next two years, is Dame on that list? He might be number one, honestly. Well, like, Steph and KD, I okay. think, are probably yeah, up there. That's fair. Once you get past those, and, and by the way, they're not, to my knowledge, or maybe it broke while we were on this podcast, to my knowledge, you're not available for a trade, Steph and KD. <laughs> no. Joel loves to say that's his favorite hypothetical. He would it's trade like, himself for He would trade himself Clay for and, Steph Curry. Yeah. He just loves that. So outside of that, and like there might be some others that you'd put on there. Maybe Tatum just because he's more of a two-way guy, has a little more size, a little easier for him in the playoffs maybe, sure. There aren't that many you get to before like Dame's at the top. Yeah. And he's actually available, whereas those other guys are completely off the table. And there are there are very significant concerns. I don't want to, in part because like if you end up some variation of a trade where you trade away Harden and Maxi, you don't have much depth. But in part because Dame might, you know, these kinds of players once they start aging, we see it with happen with Harden and the fact that he can't finish at the rim. Yeah, you can hit a cliff pretty quickly and pretty unexpectedly. I fully acknowledge that. And I'm not even sure if I would do a Harden and Maxi if theoretically if it was available trade. Although I tend to take those kinds of swings. You're giving up a lot of career for Tyrese Max. It would be really, really tough. But I can't dismiss it either because Dame is just such a great fit. So some semi-breaking news here. The Woj made an appearance today on ESPN, said that talks have intensified this week with Damian Lillard. Still no trade imminent. And here's the important part, which we were getting at a little bit earlier. So far, the one element that has not been a part of these talks are the Miami Heat. And so the so, Blazers are clearly sending a message. Like, yes. And you fuck can, the Miami Heat right. is and essentially what Portland the, is saying. And the leaks right are coming from. Like, yes. yo, if you don't you know, get off the pot, like, you're going to lose Dane. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, I think other teams have seen this drag on and drag on. And look, I keep bringing up Masai and what he did with Kawhi. He's shown he's willing to take this type of risk. He, if, if he believes there is a difference-making star out there, I think that Toronto might make that move. And I think Chicago, another team, what the hell are they doing anyway? They're stuck in no man's land. Like, why wouldn't you try to take a risk and then 
Dame is a guy who can draw people to him. Like, I think that <laughs> if you put Dame in not Portland, like Portland <laughs> seems like a lovely place. It's but a lot it to is, overcome. Yeah. It is just not. A and by NBA. the way, I, Portland is lovely. I've been there. I, I adore. Portland. I am not disparaging Portland in any way, but you just look at how the NBA operates. It's not a place that guys go who are like real right. stars, right? It's the whole reason that Portland has held on to him for this long and is causing such a fuss that they're not going to trade him to Miami is because it's so hard for them to get and retain, which is the important part, a player of Dame's caliber. So, I do. One of my favorite things is it seems to be coming from Miami Heat-related bloggers or writers, but, oh, man, if you don't trade him to – to Miami, you're never getting a free agent to come. It's like, well, they're not getting free agents anyway, first of all. And second of all, then they go like, all right, well, maybe when Scoot's contract's up, he's not going to want to stay. Like, no, if he can get the most money from Portland, he's not going to be like, oh, man, they didn't treat Dame right. well Scoot's four years ago. Scoot's not turning down 200 plus million dollars right. from the Blazers. Well, thank you for the Supermax, but no, you know what? <laughs> Somebody that I barely knew was disrespected. No, that's not. Stop. Stop. I see Gavin wants to trade Ferk and Ricky Council the fourth for Dame. You know, I, I think the Blazers might ask for Jaden Springer too, but you're, you have the <laughs> That's basis. That's where you draw for, the line. You have the basis for a trade package there. Yeah, look. So that this is the message coming out of Portland right now. They do not want to do business with Miami. Maybe it's because they're being stubborn. Maybe it's because they just don't want to give in to all the public pressure. But I think the bottom line is there is not an offer from Miami on the table right now that they think matches Dame's value. And so that has opened this opportunity, whether it's the Raptors, the Bulls, the Sixers potentially, any of these teams that have a credible shot to trade for Dame, now's your time to take it because yeah. this is dragging on long enough that Miami might just, you know, have gotten a little too cute with this thing. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out, in part because you just want to see. And even if it's not straight up for Dame, like Daryl is always looking for ways to add an asset or two. He'll make calls to see if he can get into a multi-team trade. Interested to see how it plays out for the Sixers. Interested to see how it plays out for the NBA. Just move on with life. It'll be fun. So Brennan has a question. If the Sixers got Dame, would it take the Harden Clips return? Or if Harden is still on the roster, do you think he stays around? I, I don't think you can. No. I don't think it's a... Dame and Harden thing. I think the only path yeah. is moving Harden and most likely more stuff in order to get Dame back. And I mean, part of the problem with Portland as a trade partner is that there is some overlap there yes. with Tyrese Maxey. So who knows what their level of interest would even be theoretically. Having another draft pick or two from a Harden trade would certainly help facilitate that. Uh, there would be a lot of of moving parts that you'd have to figure out. Um, but I don't think there's much of a chance of, because James Harden's core, James Harden's problem with the Sixers isn't that they can't contend. It's that they didn't give him the contract that he wanted. So he wants to go to a team that will give him that contract. I don't think that's changing. Yeah. And so just as like a, a broad framework, if they were to try to pull off a three team deal, the issue let's we're theoretically including Maxi in this deal. First problem Maxi and Anthony Simons and Scoot are just like, there's nothing you can do with the three of them that gets the most out of them at the same time. So that's problem number one. If you're tying in the Clippers and Harden is going there and you're going to reroute Clippers stuff to Portland, Portland doesn't really have a need in a tanking year for, 
for the sake of argument, Norm Powell or Terrence Mann or Marcus Morris or whoever these vet, vet guys on you know, mid-sized contracts are that you would flip there. And so it just, you're wish casting, essentially. You're trying to create a trade that really doesn't make sense for anybody except for James Harden and the Sixers. So right. that's, that's the problem there. All right, before we get to the last little ad read here, make sure that you leave any questions you have there in the chat. We have a spirited debate going on in there between Wills uh, about my shorts, about Austin Krell, but maybe drop some Sixers questions in there as well. <laughs> and we will try to get to them here in that last segment. Before we get to that, though, a word from FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. And with us now squarely in football and tailgating season, that means more overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game FOCO has. And FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our backs for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use a promo code PHLY for 10% off. I feel like we... We started off with Dame, briefly went to Buddy, came back to Dame pretty quickly. Um, do you have any expectations here that anything might be resolved shortly? Just to wrap this up, I think we. Listen, if Woj is saying it. it's not imminent, then I trust him as much as I trust myself, basically. So. I, I trust Woj more than you. Yeah, well, listen, you're not me. so. <laughs> but, yeah, if Woj is saying nothing is imminent, then I would say that's... Uh, oh, here we go. There's some great questions coming in, by the way. There we go. But, yeah, I, the talks are certainly heating up, but I have to say a hundred times every show it feels like talking and making a trade are two things. And... Portland is clearly trying to send this impression that we are not doing anything. We are not going to make a single move with the him unless we get the godfather offer from wherever we end up sending him. I think they have rejected the concept of like, oh, we owe Dame this to send him to just this one place. I certainly don't think they're not going to send Dame to like, you know, NBA Siberia. He's not going to Charlotte or wherever. Yeah. But I don't think they subscribe to the belief that, oh, we have to send them to Miami or we're fucked as a franchise. Yeah, that just... I agree. We have one question here from Gavin. You want to know which PHLY podcast we were on a two-versus-two basketball tournament? I would hope I, we would. I we are we the have basketball show. I think we have a chance. We certainly have the size. We have the height advantage yeah. in basically any matchup. I'll take Zebra right down to the weight room. Oh, listen, I will throw you that ball in the post <laughs> and, and wait to clang a jumper when you get double teamed down there but uh yeah i listen i i'm not trying to talk up my basketball skills or anything but i would be pretty ashamed of myself if as the basketball pod we lost a two-on-two -two game <laughs> to any of the other podcasts no disrespect or shade to any of the gang here who i'm sure are athletic and wonderful in their own regard yep. uh let's see what else there's a question on petrosev do you expect him to be able to crack the rotation well, here's the question right now. Is he going to make the roster? That's a much better question. Right? Yeah. Like I, that was I, from RC, by the way. Yeah, so RC, I, I think if, if he's able to make the roster, I think is the bigger hurdle. And if he makes the roster, it, I think it would be because he showed a level of shooting in camp and preseason that maybe we're not 
we haven't seen here, right? Like, I, I think he, for him to get minutes, he's going to have to offer something different that the other bigs don't. And no disrespect to Paul Reed's, you know, work in the gym shooting this summer. I'm not expecting Paul Reed to show up and be like a 35% <laughs> NBA three-point guy. So Trusev, his whole thing is he's going to have to knock down shots. That's his potential differentiator in the rotation. That's the only way he gets in there. And frankly, I think it's the only way he's going to be on this roster. Yeah. And look, I think the top three slots in terms of backup centers or in terms of centers are pretty locked in with Joe, Paul Reed, and Bamba. Yeah. So I think it's going to be tough for him to make the squad, if I'm being completely honest, especially now that they have gone out, added Danny Green, added Oubre. We got a Petrusev is the new Furkan Aldemir from He's more Jacob. skilled than Furkan. I would say I give He's him more, more credit than, than that. I think he's got some real touch. I think, look, Furk was a... A good rebounder where he played, but certainly not at the NBA level. Yeah. And that was kind of his signature skill. Yeah. So. And that was pr- pretty close to his only skill. Yeah. Um, what else do we have here? Got a lot of questions. There's, they're coming so fast and furious. I don't know, man. People are saying Berman is a hooper. So I, we Look, I got a lot to, of pushback on that comment. A lot of people praising to, Zach, Zach's uh, post defense. I don't know. We'll have to see it. <laughs> Uh, Brennan asked, what's the status with the Ubre deal? Woj said expected not to be signed. It's, it's very common. That's yeah. the deal's agreed to. It normally takes, frankly, in the offseason, it's a lot of like when these guys stop taking vacation and can come in and physically sign a deal and go through a, I mean, a look physical. At, look at Marcus Bagley. They agreed to an Exhibit 10 contract with them back in June after the I draft. I was the one who it, reported it, it initially, it I think. Just got a, it just got finalized yesterday, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, look, if there... I'd Don't. say, generally speaking, if there was an issue, one of us would probably tell you guys before yeah. you would start worrying Don't about read it. in anything into the fact that it isn't official yet, Yeah, is what I would say. We got the classic Sal Imagine Dragons question. Here's my question for you. This is a question coming from me. Is he only in here to see if we will say that on air, or does he actually want to listen? I don't. uh, How committed to the bit do you think he is? Sal, I think Sal's my guy. He asked me the Imagine Dragons question on Twitter in the chat, so I I believe that uh, he is a true blue listener and loves the Sixers and maybe even sort of likes one or both of us but whoa don't go too far there's there's no real way of knowing i guess uh alex alex mackwood has a good question what are your favorite potential lineups that nick nurse may use i'll throw that to you first um i would like to see the starting lineup let's back off i'm not saying he should start but in minutes where you could have like maxi Melton, Oubre, Harris, and Embiid. I would just like to see whether or not Nick Nurse can use that lineup to force the turnovers that I think he wants to do. Because like we said when we talked about Oubre, and I think we're both pretty down on him, not as a, like, fine, you can sign him for a minimum contract, but as a useful player, I don't think we're believers. But the one thing I think he can do is force turnovers and get him out on the break. For sure. And the one thing that I think... And finish on the break, yeah. frankly. He's a good transition guy. And the one thing I think DeAnthony Melton struggles with defensively, and I think at times Melton can be overrated defensively, not because he's not a good defender, but because he has an exploitable weakness, and that is going through screens, both off-ball 
and in the pick and roll. Well, if now you have a lineup where you can switch more, does that hide more of Melton's deficiencies and accentuate more of his strengths? And can like a lineup like that? I guess basically what I'm trying to say is I would like to see more size and athleticism on the perimeter, and I'm interested to see how that works out. It's yeah. not even really about Ubre; it's just having that archetypal player. Well, he's just player. an actual wing, right? Right, and yeah. between him and and House, who. I keep saying this. House is going to be a pretty key figure for this team, in my estimation, just because he's one of basically two actual wings on the roster. And there's been a lot of smoke out there during the offseason suggesting that, you know, if James gets moved, that could end up being a package deal with PJ. Like there was some interest from LA in that earlier in the offseason. So if you subtract another, you know, forward sized guy, Kelly Oubre and D House all of a sudden become like what, like the yeah. seventh and eighth most important guys on the team. Maybe that's slightly overstating it, but yeah, I think putting Kelly in some of these lineups where they'll have some real athleticism yep. on the floor, that might be B ball Paul in the front court configuration that is going to make Derek rip his hair out and maybe like put pants back on. He's going to be so depressed that. He drops the shorts altogether. It's not going too far. Okay. Well. The hair, maybe. <laughs> but so, yeah, I just want to see lineups on the floor where there are real athletes around yeah. Joel Embiid. We I so agree. rarely have gotten to see that throughout his time in Philly that I'm just always like, can they make his life easier on defense yep. without compromising the offense? That's always the million-dollar question. We've got a question from Tien asking, what role player that walked will they miss the most? Literally the title of one of our previous episodes Again, I'm going to shame you for not subscribing, but go back. We Subscribe to the podcast, and you will find out the answer to that question. But more specifically, <laughs> rather than repeat it, like we spent 15 minutes talking about it the other day. Just go listen to that podcast. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert, it's George Niang. Yes, it is George. <laughs> uh, let's see. We have some questions from David Kim says, will Terquavion be in the playoff rotation? Let's make sure he makes the actual rotation at some point this season first. Right. I do think, and Derek and I have been talking to some people at the organization lately, I think they have been talking up Turk a little bit, that maybe there's been some strong impressions made and behind-the-scenes pickup game sort of deals. But, you know, off-season is the off-season. We also have been led to believe that Ben Simmons was going to come back with a jump shot before. Well, remember the way they talked about Jaden Springer last year? Oh, you would have thought he was Scottie Pippen. That's what I mean. So you never really know what guys are going to come back with and like. And I'm very bullish on Turk, as I explained on one of our shows the other day, but I am not putting him in the regular rotation yet, yeah. let alone the, the playoff rotation. Again, Kenneth, thoughts on Kelly Uber Jr. It was literally yesterday. Literally yesterday. <laughs> come on, man. Come on. Gavin wants a, a Derek Kyle autographed PHLY hoodie. Look, when we finally get it, I'll be happy yeah. to. I have, we haven't gotten ours I'm yet. I'm trying to get my yeah. merch, man. I'm, we're all waiting. I'm I need to get to, mine signed by Kyle first, and we're that gonna, hasn't happened Look, we're going to wear it on the yeah. show. Derek and I are going to wear matching shirts Absolutely. and all kinds of stuff. You guys are going to make fun of us for if, the rest of time after that. If you hadn't noticed, I'm not a very big fashion guy, so if you give me merch <laughs> that I can wear and not have to think about it, you will see plenty of PHLY merch. And this is, this is the Kyle Newbeck promise. If you ever come up to me and ask for an autograph on anything at all, I will sign it as long as it's not 
problematic. Do you have no yeah. one has ever done that in my life, and I'm not expecting it to happen. But Gavin, if you have a PHLY hoodie and I see you at a game or anywhere else, I will happily take that Sharpie and write a terrible looking signature on it. Do you have a, a, a story? Has there ever been anything awkward that you've signed? I signed. No, I've, I said I don't think I've ever signed anything. I get a lot of like, I'm out and like, hey, I really like your work. And, you know, I love that story you did. Or you're an asshole for what you said about Ben Simmons and, you know, things of that nature. But it's always, I love being amongst the people. Don't, so. don't share our private conversations on this <laughs> podcast. Just because I called you an asshole doesn't mean you have to share. Well, yeah, not just you. But. <laughs> All right. I think. Uh, Let's see. Do we have any more else? here? Who's someone on the, okay, noob with an alien-looking face as who's someone on the new coaching staff besides Nurse you guys are excited for? I mean, I think Rico. Yeah, I mean, Rico, Rico Hines is one. probably top of the list. Uh, Bobby Jackson as well, just because I have, you know, I watched him play growing up, and that's kind of a cool thing in the same way that uh, Sam Cassell being on staff was. I had all kinds of memories of Sam as a kid and, Sam was like better in person than you would have thought. Yeah. He's just like such a happy, He's very lucky. animated. Yep. Yeah. Just like such a great guy to be around. Uh, Rico from my impression of watching him in a gym, seems like a very serious about his business type guy. And look from running those quote unquote Rico Hines runs out in LA. Yeah. That guy's probably got basketball story after basketball story after basketball story. I mean, he's been in there with, Every basically every current NBA star with Magic Johnson back in the day, like all kinds of different people have come through that gym at UCLA where Rico Hines operates in the summertime. And so I'm sure he's got all kinds of war stories he could share. Got another one asking um, who we think, I don't have it in front of me, who we think will benefit the most from Nick Nurse last Thursday's pod. Just gonna keep calling you out. Calling we're you just we oh, half the pod is just promoting the other pods that we've well, done, I guys. Mean, I, I promise you, we're spending you know however many hours a week talking about this team. We have a show for whatever you uh, want. Any topic you want is probably we're, in the headline. We're talking about it, it but yep. and the great crazy thing about this part of the year is that none of those shows are outdated yet. No, they're not. Oh, Nothing we has did changed. have a. I saw one from Ash that said, "Please share some funny hinky stories." That would probably be more Derek's wheelhouse because I was not full-time on the beat during the, the hinky days. So I was still yeah. finding well, my way. I've definitely got them. I just don't know which ones I'm comfortable sharing. I'll tell you what. I will think about that, and I'll come back with an answer. I want to think about which ones I would be comfortable sharing on the, uh, on the podcast. There's definitely a few. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, I've, I've personally heard some from you that are, are pretty good, so... In all honesty, he was... Like, I think people expect him to be, like, a weird robot. He was... Of the all the GMs I've spoken to, he was the most comfortable talking, just carrying a conversation of just coming up and saying hi and asking how are you doing. He actually seemed like he, he like, made an effort to do that. Yeah. Which always is what made me his, his sort of, like, public defiance of that being part of his job and, and sort of, like, his... Um, ignoring that aspect, the, the public relations aspect of it, it made me frustrated because he was capable. He, he was just almost like upset that he had to manage the message, but he was capable of doing it. Like he really was a weird, um, but I certainly have a couple. I just don't know if I want to mention him on the pod yet. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, look, because Sam, as you alluded to there, 
keeps things very close to the vest, right? He doesn't like to. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he's you don't want to like talk yeah. out of turn and be sharing things that he wouldn't be comfortable. Like, I get it. That's... I will say the, the, the time when I knew like, oh, he's done, like he's leaving. It was maybe like a week before um, he announced his resignation, but he brought his kid to the game or one of his kids to the game. And he was showing him like, you know, walking around the concourse with him, showing him the locker room like, oh, man, this is he's never brought any of his family out in public like that or at least yeah. that much in public um it just seemed like he was show, like last chance to show him before like i he knew you know i think that's probably a good stopping point yeah yeah i've yeah. got a lot of questions got i'm be honest with you guys we had a lot more fun on this show than i think derek and i were expecting because it's a friday in mid to late september where yeah we're a couple weeks away from camp and that's typically the dead zone of NBA discussion, but you know, all these wonderful people, Alex, Brennan, Ben, Jacob, David, all these people who have been, you know, peppering our comments and Oh Randy, we've got some weird collar stories too. And certainly all yeah. the the Austin Krell supporters that we had in the chat today. I uh we really appreciate you guys being I here. I don't understand you, but I appreciate making you. A, a Friday fun. We're hoping to do some more, obviously, fun Friday shows in the future. We have some tentative uh segments planned we'll say perhaps and uh that's about all i got for today guys so derek do you want to tell them what they need to do before they leave uh thumbs up give us a thumbs up smash that subscribe button and also if you're you know prefer audio just search in your audio app of choice we are on audio only podcasts as well you do not have to watch i don't frankly know what my face is what a value add? Well, my Will's face asking for some more skin next week, so I, you might be losing not. that battle. Probably not. This is probably uh, probably about the ed edge of my limit for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys for rocking with us today, and we will see you on Monday.